Hi everyone, and welcome to the show. My name is Michael Cloud, and I am the owner of Solve CrossFit. This podcast, along with my coaching practice, aims to help busy adults such as yourselves tackle your health and fitness goals, no matter what they might be. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode. Now, I realize it's been a minute uh, since I've recorded one of these, but I'm pleased to tell you I've got a coffee in hand. I've got about several episodes to record today, and so you should be hearing my voice a little bit more consistently over the next few weeks. Um, So today, guys, I want to talk about alcohol consumption. Now, before I lose you, I I understand exactly what you're thinking. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and talk to you about the fact that you're drinking too much or that you need to drink a little less or that alcohol is bad for you, right? The chances are you already on some level know that. Some of you might not be drinking at all, which is fine. This is going to be more of an educational piece for you. But those of you who are drinking a little excessively or even if you're not sure that you're drinking excessively, the idea of this episode today is to kind of get, I would say, three things really through to you. The first one being, I want to help everybody understand what actually happens to your body when you consume any amount of alcohol. The next thing I want you to understand is what is actually considered little to excessive consumption of alcohol. Everyone has an idea of what they think is kind of uh, an acceptable amount of alcohol to be drinking over a week. Um, But again, based on whose definition, based on what we know about what happens to the body when we drink alcohol, um, I want to give you a little bit more insight as to what actually that looks like from a health and fitness point of view. And then the last thing I want to give you today are actually just some tools that you can practice and use to help you make choices around alcohol. I'm not gonna say make better or worse choices around alcohol. I'm gonna say it's gonna allow you to make more informed choices about alcohol. Most people when they're thinking of alcohol consumption or even if they're just trying to think about changing their their food and things like that, they're always quick to jump on, well I need to go from whatever I'm doing now to the polar opposite. And it doesn't actually need to happen that way, okay? If I'm drinking a lot, I don't need to suddenly drink nothing. Um, And so I want to give you some tools that's going to allow you to make more informed choices, more empowered choices, so that it actually doesn't even feel like a big challenge for you to, uh, in order for you to actually make those decisions for yourself. So that's really the goal today. It's just to kind of give you a different perspective, a little bit more education around alcohol, um, and hopefully you guys find some value from it. So Let's get on with the show. Last week, I spoke to several of my clients in nutrition um, about their alcohol alcohol consumption, and I noticed a few common themes in each of these conversations that will definitely help you today. As much as we think we're all really different when it comes to our food, our drink consumption, our health and fitness, um, it's easy for us to point the finger at our genetics, our backgrounds, our jobs, lives, things like that. When it actually comes down to it, in terms of the themes and the and the behaviors that we all have around our food and drink, they're actually all very, very similar, and we all really need kind of roughly the same thing to a certain extent. Now, how we implement those changes, that's the bit that differentiates from person to person. But in terms of what we actually need, you know, for more vegetables, less alcohol, more water, those things are all very common. And so, firstly, I want to go through the reason that people think alcohol actually leads to weight gain and i want to show you what actually happens to your body when alcohol is present no matter how much we've actually consumed so this is where we're going to start today now alcohol itself doesn't lead to weight gain liquid calories are present yes but it's not the calories themselves that cause the most amount of weight gain 
from alcohol alone. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, maybe it's because I'm going to be eating more. You know, if I'm drinking more, I'm probably going to be eating more. That's typically how we um, incorporate alcohol into our lifestyles is it's always at a, at a friend's event or it's we're out with family. And so there's typically more food around, things like that. But the biggest reason why we gain weight when we consume alcohol is actually because the alcohol shuts down all metabolic pathways in our bodies in order to metabolize the alcohol. And that process can actually take up to around 36 hours, possibly even more in some cases, depending on one, the quantity of alcohol you've actually tasked your body with metabolizing, and two, you as an individual. So how your genes express themselves, what your family history is like, what your lifestyle factors are like. Are you stressed? Is your body currently going through um, a period of high inflammation and things like this? Those will all kind of play into how long the process of metabolizing alcohol will actually take. To help you understand a little bit more about how important all the metabolic pathways are to you, it'd be best to probably use a workout as a, as a way of explaining this. When you work out, the ideal response that you want, most people want, from the body is that when we work out, we want to metabolize fat, all right? We want to turn fat into energy so that we can use it for our exercise. That's how we lose weight, for example. So, And that's the, that's the process that is most commonly associated, associated with weight loss. It's also why people think that you just need to work out more if you want to lose weight. Obviously, there are other various factors that make some people really great at this and others not so great. So just because that's the goal and what we want to happen in our workouts doesn't necessarily mean that we get that. And from person to person, the amount of fat metabolization that we get is going to vary based on lifestyle factors, food that we eat, the people that we can that we spend our mo most of our time with, what we think in our heads, how much energy we have on the day, how much stress we have, all those things go into how much fat we can metabolize during our workouts. So when you factor in drinking some alcohol, let's say you go out on a Friday night and you have two or three drinks with some friends. Nothing crazy, you know, we wake up early the next day, we come into the gym and we work out hard. And we, don't, we, we kind of feel okay. We don't feel like we've got a hangover. We don't feel like um, we're at a disadvantage today. We're generally feeling pretty upbeat about working out. The point is that the alcohol was present in the body. Your body's shut down or all of its metabolic pathways. It probably will continue to do so for the next 18 or so hours um, of our total 36, even with the sleep. And for that one workout the next day, there's very little to be gained simply because of what alcohol has done to your body. So that's probably the easiest way to kind of explain it, but we'll dive a little deeper. Alcohol, when ingested, it leads to changes in how your liver functions. So when you consume alcohol, your liver basically will stop doing whatever it was doing, and it will become primarily and entirely focused on metabolizing all of the alcohol and its byproducts to the point where there are actually visible physical changes in your liver, including fat accumulation. It not only stops fat metabolism in the liver, but it actually causes your liver to make more fat and produce more cholesterol. Alcohol metabolites make it harder for your body to then access the stored fat for energy. So to cut a very, very long and complicated story short, every time you consume alcohol, you make it more you make it even more difficult for your body to access its fat stores metabolize them use them for energy so that you can get the most benefit from your workout this is why when people work out all the time maybe they're even working out five days a week and they're like i just i'm not losing weight 
And so I'll ask, well, how much alcohol are we currently consuming? And a client might say somewhere like, well, I only drink at the weekends. I don't drink enough to to really think that I'm I'm being prohibited from getting results as much as I feel I am. But actually, it, according to the research and the literature that we've been going through in this in this episode so far, it actually doesn't need to be all that much in order to kind of stop you from accessing your fat stores for up to 36 hours. And so if you work out on a Friday and sorry, if you drink alcohol on a Friday night and you come in for a Saturday morning workout with us at Solve, then, you know, you're probably not going to get much from that workout, even with a small amount of alcohol in your body, despite how you might feel. Now, I know what you're probably thinking, Mike, I thought you said this wasn't going to be um, about taking away my my alcohol from my lifestyle, you know, robbing me from these moments with my friends and my family that we all cherish the most, right? And that's obviously not what I'm trying to do here. What I'm trying to do is just exactly that, show you what happens to your body when you drink alcohol. I want to remove all emotion from that. I want to remove all consequences of actions from that and just focus on what actually happens inside the body when you do this. We can figure out all of the other variables later. Well, then how much should I drink? When should I drink? What's too much? What's too little? What's good for me? Like all those things are all the variables that we can figure out on a on an individual basis. But the first part of today's episode is just to figure out what's actually happening. And that leads us on to the second part. I want to address today what is actually considered too much. I ask people all the time, how much do you drink each week? And often what I hear back is, oh, very little. I'm, I'm not really a big drinker. And I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. But you haven't actually answered my question because you haven't provided me with a number. How much do you drink roughly on a weekly basis? So I ask you to dive a little deeper. Well, Friday we had one or two. I mean, Saturday, I suppose we had three or four, but that's because it was a friend's birthday. And Sunday, oh, we, my partner and I shared a bottle of wine because the weather was really nice. And what we've done there is one, my client has, has tied in all the events that caused them to drink. Okay, that's that's the kind of thing they're falling back on because they don't have habits or skills that allow them to make better choices. I'm not saying what they're doing is wrong. What I'm saying is, is that when we associate or tie emo, you know, quite emotionally deep, <clears throat> excuse me, emotionally deep um, events or social occasions to the act of either eating or drinking and particularly what types of foods we eat or drink, it's much harder for us to break those cycles once they're in place. And that's one of the things that, that we can help you help you with. But anyway, that's when we add that up, that's about eight glasses or pints or eight servings of alcohol over just three days which if you were to kind of spread that out across a week, it's the equivalent to drinking alcohol every single day of the week. Now imagine this, imagine I said to you, could you go a day without drinking alcohol? Most people would say yes. Alcoholics would say no, that's the hardest thing to do. And so when you think, well, actually, if I'm drinking eight glasses or servings of alcohol over the weekend, and it's the equivalent of drinking every single day of the week, it looks like that you're actually not able to go a day without drinking alcohol when you break it down into that and you should do that just have like having eight eight servings of alcohol over the weekend is just as bad as drinking alcohol every single day of the week and so or I, and I'll actually i'll rephrase it's not bad it's the same okay it's exactly the same i don't want to say good or bad we'll uh, retract that from the podcast <laughs> okay um 
And so bearing in mind that it can take you 36 hours to metabolize alcohol and obviously not have access to your fat stores, that literally means for some people that they're actually just accumulating fat every single day. And where are they accumulating it? They're accumulating it viscerally. So around the organs, the liver's producing it and it's storing an adipose tissue around the organs and it's never ever gonna get used in order for your exercise, for your activity and all the stuff that we wanna use fat for. Now, if that is a typical weekend for you, or even the weekend just gone, please know this, I'm not meaning to call you out in any way. Remember, I'm gonna show you how you can enjoy life's finer things without it becoming a burden or a chore or a, you know, a, a difficult lifestyle change. The idea is that we're just getting real about what's actually going on, how much we're consuming, and then we can address those things. The elephant in the room is this, you are drinking too much. Okay, now despite the government's guidelines on alcohol, and most things to be honest in relation to health and fitness, they're not aimed at creating fitness, which means they're also not created or aimed or based on creating health. Why? Well, because that's all fitness is. Fitness is just a measure of health. And if you're not trying to pursue fitness in all of its aspects, then you're not pursuing better health. So it's probably not a good idea to say things like, but I stick to what's recommended. Okay, I stick to the guidelines or I don't drink more than my friend Joe, right? You can't drink and exercise it out. If you want to burn fat, your best way to do that is to cut down on alcohol or even cut it out completely for a set amount of time, all right? I have loads of clients that have done this. So how much should I drink? Well, somewhere between one and four servings per month. Now, that could be a big shock to a lot of you. The most I will drink in a month is around four servings of alcohol. I'll most likely have at least one serving of alcohol. Like that's the bare minimum. I will probably most likely have at least one inside the month. And so how do you enjoy it and find balance and, and kind of get to that point, right? Let's say you're at eight to 12, maybe even more than 12 servings per week at the moment of alcohol. How do I get down to one or four without my friends noticing, without feeling like I'm missing it without feeling like I'm missing out on occasions and things like this. Well, this is the last part of our podcast today is when I decide to have a drink, boy, am I going to savor that moment. I'm going to drink my drink slowly. I'm going to enjoy the refreshing textures, the temperatures, the flavors that my drink has to offer. I'm going to choose my company well. Okay, so who do I want to go out with? Who do I, where do I want to share this experience? Where do I want to drink my drink? Do I want to drink at home where I'm staring at the same four walls that I see every day? Or do I want to go out to a bar and experience a, a, a different vibe, you know, a different social click, things like that? Where am I going to get the most value from actually consuming the thing that I want to consume? When I get my drink, like I said, I'm going to drink it slowly. I'm gonna enjoy the refreshing textures, the temperatures and the flavors that the drink has to offer. I'm gonna choose my company well and I'm gonna enjoy the drink with people who I can have a great conversation with, right? I wanna share an experience here. Now, if all my friends can't think of a conversation that doesn't revolve around anything else than who's the hottest or uh, what they're doing at work, then I'm probably gonna drink a little bit more because there's not gonna be enough for you to talk about between your sips of your drink right and i know that might sound silly but it's very true if you're in a 
truly riveting conversation where you're interested and there's genuine intrigue and you have questions and you have answers and you explore other possibilities of the conversation, you're not going to have as much time within that to drink, okay? Drinks can enhance your experience, but they are not the experience themselves. What I mean by that is if the weather is great, then let's really soak it in, okay? If the weather's fantastic, enjoy the weather, get the sun cream out, coat up, sunbathe. You don't need to have five drinks just because the weather was good, <laughs> if that makes sense. You need to learn to separate what you like doing with your friends and family and what you like about alcohol. You would never, for example, drink eight pints of water because your friend is hosting a get-together. So why would you drink eight pints? Are you really that thirsty? Probably not. So the first task really for you, let's say you're at the 12 plus servings a week. The first thing you wanna do is just slow down and enjoy the moment. It's not to limit how much alcohol you're gonna you're gonna drink that night. And, it's, and you should never tell yourself that. You should never go out if that's how much you're drinking and say, I'm gonna drink only half of what I normally drink. Instead, when your drink is served, aim to drink it slowly. Okay, for every five sips your friends take of their drink, you're going to take one, but you're going to enjoy that sip. You're going to swirl it around your mouth. You're going to enjoy the textures, temperatures, and tastes the drink has to offer. My second tip is to add water, and no, not to your beer or your wine, right? We don't want to water things down. What I want to do is I want to have some water between the drinks. You don't need to reduce your alcohol consumption yet. That's hard. Increasing your water consumption, that's much easier, all right? The last tip I have for you is I think the most effective as well. And I use this a lot with my nutrition clients and it probably even warrants its own podcast, but it's the why exercise. First of all, you need to understand that there's only ever three reasons why any human being on the planet would eat or drink anything. The first is a physiological need like hunger or thirst, right? Am I drinking this because I need it? Will my body be dehydrated if I don't? That's a physiological need. You'll have uh, little signs that tell you, I'm feeling hungry, I'm feeling thirsty, I need to replenish my energy stores, right? Those are all physiological needs. That is very is not very present when it comes to alcohol consumption. There's never a physiological need. It's Remember, it's, we sort of talked about it being a poison. Your body is never craving poison, okay? However, the next two are probably where our alcohol consumption really comes from. And the second one is a psychological want. So, how am I feeling? Do I want to drink because I want to be with my friends and enjoy this moment with them? Does this food or drink serve a purpose beyond what I need? You know, that's where we want these things. It's like, oh, I'm craving a beer today. The weather's hot. I'm craving that first sip of a cold pint, right? We all know that one. And that's okay. You know, this is why taking the time to understand why we do these things is important because it's not that they're bad or good. It's that we need to understand what actually is the purpose that they serve. When we understand the purpose they serve, we can do, we can make and do better with those with those choices, right? And then the last one is a behavioral should. So why would I eat something? Well, because I should, right? I need to eat this because my current goals dictate that I should, even though I'm not feeling hungry, therefore I don't have the physiological need. And I don't even want this, right? I'm not craving this in any way. It actually seems more like a hassle for me, but my goals dictate that I should eat this, right? So I have, I used to work with um, a few younger lads who were all trying to gain weight. I used to say to them, I was like, 
how they used to say how do i do that i was like well when you've eaten all your meals today how do you feel and they're like well yeah i feel full i was like cool when you feel full you need to eat and it goes against every single thing that your body's telling you but if you want to gain weight you have to get to the point where you're overeating and so when you're full and you don't want to eat you have to eat and you should eat because that's your goal it dictates that you do that and so that's the third one is it's a behavioral thing it's because I don't want to do the same thing I'm currently doing because I would like a different result. And this is a powerful motivator. It's the most powerful one we have because this, well, it can just help even the most demotivated clients take action on difficult choices because when it comes to the end of the day and for example, you're thinking, oh, I'd just love a glass of wine. And then you catch yourself and you say, well, why do I, why do I want that right now? Is it a behavioral want? Is it a psychological need? Is it a physiological, sorry, is it a psychological want? Is it a physiological need? Or is it a behavioral thing, right? Should I do this? When you ask yourself those questions, you present an opportunity to give a different answer. And that's the key. It allows you to coach yourself along this journey. You're not going to do well with it to begin with. You're going to do really well on some days and not so well the other days. But when you start asking and going through the why exercise, it will open up more opportunities for you to make different choices. And that's what we're trying to do here. You're not trying to limit your alcohol consumption. You're trying to make choices that are informed, that have reason to them and logic. And sometimes those choices serve you. Why have you drunk four pints? You know what? I've been really, really on it. I've been asking myself why every day for the last four weeks, I've lost some weight and I deserve a blowout. Cool. That is a psychological want. Go and do it. There's a clear purpose there. Does that make sense? I hope it does. So knowing a why really gives you choice and the ability to choose. If you do these, you may not even fix things right away, but you will consume less. You won't consume more, that's for sure. Team, I hope this helped you today. And like I said at the start of the podcast, the goal is not to get you to think alcohol is bad or the enemy. The goal is to educate you on what alcohol could be doing to your body that's stopping you from getting to where you want to go. Now that you know this, now that you have three things to practice, hopefully you'll be able to make those changes by yourself. And I would love to hear about your experiences trying. Team, I hope you had a good time listening to this and uh, listen out for the next one. I'll catch you soon. Cheers.